1: Hunter's emails prove conclusively that he was selling Joe Biden's office and funneling money to the Biden crime family. Right on cue, the Democrats' response is Russian disinformation. The Democrat media complex is doing everything they can to ignore and discredit this bombshell story until after the election. And the debate commission has announced the topics for Thursday's presidential debate. Noticeably absent are immigration, the economy, and trade. With these stories and more from an American nationalist perspective, I'm Jim Dawes, and this is Right Now. And thank you for tuning in to Right Now. This conversation never ends. Follow me on Twitter and Facebook at right now Jim Dawes. Shoot me an email at RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. Or call or text the vent line and leave your rants at 772-245-0750. If, uh, if you're listening to this on your uh, smartphone or your desktop, would you please take a moment to like and retweet this broadcast so that we can get as wide a distribution as possible? I want to thank uh, a website called All the News Now for listing me on their featured podcast. You can find them online at atnnow.com. That's atnnow.com. It's a great site uh, for breaking news and commentary, and you should uh, bookmark it. So (laughs) we've embarked on another Russian disinformation campaign. You know, the the definition of Russian disinformation is anything that hurts a Democrat. (laughs) If it's exposing Democrat corruption, it is by definition, according to the Democrat media complex, Russian disinformation. So the same people... Who screamed Russia collusion for three and a half years, maybe going on four years, with absolutely zero evidence, with the exception of an opposition research document paid for by Hillary Clinton's campaign and sourced from Russian intelligence agencies? Those same people are now demanding that these Hunter Biden emails that were taken off his laptop. Is Russian disinformation. Oh my God. You have never seen, or I have never seen in my lifetime, such a complete uh, advocation of duty of of a profession as what the the journalism, uh, the journalists in the Democrat media complex are engaged in right now. They are ignoring. Well, they're worse than ignoring. I I started to say they're ignoring the biggest political scandal in our nation's history, but they're really not ignoring it. They're actually out there trying uh, proactively to discredit it. They're questioning the source. Oh, this guy must be a Russian agent. This guy in Wilmington, Delaware, who owns a computer repair shop where Joe Biden dropped his laptops. He's part of a Russian disinformation campaign. Apparently the Kremlin planted this guy 20 years ago to open up a computer repair store in Wilmington, Delaware, and just wait for the opportunity to, to drop Hunter Biden emails onto the 2020 election. (laughs) Oh my God. I mean, you have to laugh. It's not funny, though. I mean, we've they don't they don't call the the press the fourth estate for nothing. A, a a free and open press was so important that our founders enshrined it in the very first amendment of the constitution. But I don't think they ever could have imagined that we would have such a total and complete sellout of this important institution. 95% of the the media and, and the entire Democrat Party are denying that these are Hunter Biden's emails, although clearly they are. They have information in there that only Hunter Biden can know. They've got photographs, like 2,500 photographs of Hunter Biden engaged in all sorts of Very, very personal um, degeneracy. You'll notice one interesting aspect to all of this. Everybody is denying it, except for Joe and Hunter Biden. If these emails weren't real, if they weren't actually Hunter Biden's, don't you think that Hunter Biden would have come out of his hidey hole and said, no, that's not me. This is a scandal. It would do Massive damage to the Trump campaign, if the story wasn't true, but Hunter Biden and sleepy Joe have a total media blackout on this Joe ventured out onto the campaign trail to speak to a handful of supporters in various states, reading off a giant teleprompter. He was asked a couple of questions about, you know, uh, uh, what about this? Is it real? He refuses to answer it and then, of course, turns around and insults the reporter for even asking the question, how dare he? Yeah, the, the definition of Russian disinformation is anything that exposes Democrat corruption. And the definition of Russian collusion is anytime a Republican has irrefutable evidence of Democrat wrongdoing. You know, uh, when Ron Johnson's committee found that $3.5 million payment to Hunter Biden from uh, uh, the widow of the former mayor of Moscow, who is reputed to be very active in uh, organized crime in Russia, just a media blackout. Well, we're not interested in this. Never mind that this information actually came from Treasury Department documents that document the the transfer. Hunter Biden doesn't even have to answer What what's up with that. What did you actually do for the former mayor of Moscow's widow who's knee-deep in organized crime? Not interested. Got an election to win. And one of their star witnesses on this Russian disinformation um, campaign that they're they're trying to say that this is, is uh, somebody that we're all quite familiar with who has engaged in this kind of smear before.
2: of The House Intelligence Committee, Congressman Adam Schiff. Congressman, thanks so much for joining us. Does it surprise you at all that this information, Rudy Giuliani is peddling, uh, very well
1: could be connected? Oh, Rudy Giuliani's peddling it. He's not exposing it. He's peddling it
2: to some sort of Russian government disinformation campaign. Well, we know that this whole uh, smear on Joe Biden uh, comes from the Kremlin. Uh, that's been clear for well over a year now that they've been pushing this uh, false narrative about the vice president and his son. Uh, and, you know, the idea that the president, um, that the White House counsel and others were made aware that Giuliani was being used by Russian intelligence uh, and using Russian intelligence in the sense of meeting with an
1: <laughs> oh my god wrap your mind around this Hillary Clinton's campaign went out and paid for a a, a former British spy to use Russian intelligence disinformation to launch a three-year-long special counsel in order to cover up for the Obama administration's lying, uh, spying, pardon me, for the Obama administration's spying on the Trump campaign. Soon as that was over and found nothing that they could present, this guy, Adam Schiff, takes control of an impeachment process, although that's normally done in the judiciary. He pulled it into the Intelligence Committee, where he is... Just amazingly uh, the chair, after having engaged in all of these leaks of classified information during the uh, special counsel, and then they turn right around and accuse Trump of doing what Joe Biden is actually doing, and that is uh using his office to uh, to benefit his family and his political fortunes it's really i mean there there comes a point where it's just bewildering this level of dishonesty and disinformation coming out of the democrats and the media let's listen to the rest of this clip
2: agent of the kremlin and pushing out this kremlin that's, kremlin, false narrative. that's kremlin. the idea that's false narrative. that they were knowing uh, and are still, and they were on, still the on the floor of the, of the, Senate, floor of the Senate, Senate during the impeachment, impeachment trial, uh, pushing this Kremlin narrative is pretty breathtaking. But I guess at this point, we
1: can't be shocked by anything. This- no, I guess at this point, we can't be shocked by anything. <laughs> all of the proof has come down on the side of the president and all of the proof has come down against the Democrats. And so we're at a point now where the media is just refusing to publish the proof, the proof. Here's a fellow named uh, Thomas Farnan. He is the author of a book called The Russian Lie.
2: My first reactions. Is that when I f- first heard the Russia lie, I knew it was patently absurd. And I think a lot of people did. And the only reason it had any legs is because these tech, fir- tech firms and social media pushed it and just kept pushing it and didn't, and, and uh, legacy media didn't publish the inherent contradictions in the whole thing. Um, and, and you have the opposite happening here. This is patently true. It is Hunter Biden's hard drive. There is no disputing it. His pictures are on it. These emails, the the Biden campaign is not disputing it at all. So it is verifiable and verified. And yet, these same tech firms and the same media outlets that fan the Russia hoax, the Russia lie, um, are burying this. (laughs) Uh, and they 're burying it very aggressively,
1: so wrap your mind around what they 're asking you to believe they 're asking you to believe that the the Kremlin wants to damage Joe Biden and get trump reelected. It was Donald Trump who unleashed the American energy sector that made America at long last energy independent, not only energy independent but actually a an energy exporter. What that has done has entirely wrecked the Russian economy. Their economy is almost solely reliant on oil and natural gas. And they want to defeat the guy that has wrecked their economy and they want to elect the guy and Joe Biden that wants to institute the green new deal and keep all of America's energy resources in the ground. I mean, I guess there are certain low-information voters that are willing to buy into that BS because they hate Trump's tweets. But it's actually insulting to anybody who knows what's going on that they expect you to believe this. we got to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back.
2: When the weather outside is frightful, the
1: Hyundai Santa Fe
2: is...
1: Of course, they're, the reason they're ignoring these emails is because they prove that for the last four years, the media and the Democrats have been lying to us engaging in this massive disinformation campaign. And it, uh, it makes them look bad, and they don't have an answer for it, so the only thing they can do is ignore it. Well, that's not entirely true. I shouldn't say they're ignoring it. They're ignoring the substance of the emails, but they are actively engaged in saying that, Uh, The the emails are not valid, that they're Russian disinformation. uh, Their shows on cable news and uh, network evening news and on the uh, pages of the New York Times and the Washington Post are full of rebuttals, both in the articles and in the commentary, in the op-eds. Full of rebuttals. Oh, you can't trust Giuliani. (laughs) It's all of a sudden you can't trust the former prosecutor that brought down the mafia in New York city was mayor of that city that turned it around and saved it. That has solid credentials. If he does anything that's looking into the Democrats corruption, he is by definition, a Russian stooge spreading <laughs> Russian disinformation. And the reason they can't actually expose the content of the emails that they are actively engaged in discrediting is because they are so damning. In one email, uh, one of the officers from Burisma, the third-ranking officer, I'll try to pronounce his name, stick with me, Poshartsky. Pozharsky told Biden and his uh, his business partner, who just so happens to be the son-in-law of John Kerry, no, the stepson of John Kerry, Devin Archer, stepson of John Kerry, Catherine Hines' uh, son by a previous marriage. I don't think uh, John Kerry has any children. I'm not surprised that he hasn't fathered any children. But Pod Hartsky told Biden and Archer that he wanted high-ranking U.S. officials to express their positive opinion of Barisma quote, the scope of work should also include organization of a visit of a number of widely recognized and influential current and former U.S. policymakers to the Ukraine in November. Potshartsky wrote that he wanted them to bring positive signal messaging and support on Nikolai's issue. That's the president of Burisma to the Ukrainian top officials with the ultimate purpose to close down for any cases slash pursuits against Nikolai in the Ukraine. That ladies and gentlemen, is what you call a smoking gun. That is a smoking gun that shows that Hunter Biden was being paid to influence American policy for the benefit of his, a corrupt paymaster at Burisma who gave him $3.1 million to do this. And lo and behold, Hunter delivered. You got to give it to Hunter. He's a man of his word when it comes to delivering his father's office for the benefit of corrupt foreign oligarchs. He's a little less, <laughs> uh, Principled in his personal life, the photographs that have come out from this hard drive are a a descent into depravity. You know, it's not going to stop here. We got, what, a little over two weeks to the election. And this stuff is uh, starting to uh, flow like a fire hydrant. Over at Breitbart, Peter Schweitzer, the author of "Clinton Cash" and uh, what's his latest book? Um, his latest book exposes uh, how the the uh, Washington model of graft and corruption works. He has uh, he has apparently been contacted by a former business partner of Hunter Biden, who is engaged in a lot of these emails, uh, trying to monetize. Joe uh, Hunter Biden's relationship with Joe Biden to the benefit of the communist Chinese. This guy has uh, contacted Peter Schweitzer and uh, he, he is, uh, he's in jail now because apparently uh, the Southern district of New York thought it would be better for him to stay in jail uh, as opposed to be a threat to Hunter Biden. This guy's the fall guy. His name is Cooney. Uh, Bevan Cooney provided 26,000 emails. He, he gave Peter Schweitzer his, his Gmail password. And these uh, these emails implicating Hunter Biden are going to be flowing over the next two weeks. I'm quite sure that they will turn right around and start Accusing Peter Schweitzer of being a stooge of Vladimir Putin and engaging in Russian disinformation. This is the same Peter Schweitzer who has published several books. Uh, many have been featured in the New York Times because all of the information has been solid. But these uh, these new emails will detail Hunter Biden's business with a group called the China Entrepreneurs Club. Now, don't let that name fool you. Uh, This is a group that is uh, an arm of the Chinese Communist government. This China Entrepreneurs Club wanted a meeting at the White House with Joe Biden, and Hunter Biden arranged it. And this was another meeting that oddly, strangely, curiously, never appeared on Joe Biden's schedule. But we know it happened because this China Entrepreneurs Club went right back to China and immediately started bragging about it on the logs, uh, on the uh, the blogs. So this was a private meeting, a secret meeting, an off-the-record meeting. Why do you suppose that was? That's what's called consciousness of guilt. When you're trying to hide the fact that you're meeting with somebody, you apparently know it's quite wrong for you to be meeting with them. We don't know yet if any photographs were taken of this meeting. I doubt they were. But if they are, that would be, that would be some damning information. But Schweitzer is going to be um, going through all of these emails that have recently come out and he's going to be uh, dropping bombshell after bombshell. The Democrat media complex is going to have their hands over their ears going la, 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 la. We don't want to hear it. These are actual hard drives from Hunter Biden's laptop. They say it's Russian disinformation as if. This uh, repair shop owner is an undercover Russian agent. You'll notice that the repair shop owner who gave these um, these uh, hard drives to the FBI, he originally tried to give them to him. They said they didn't want them. Then they came back with a subpoena from a grand jury. Now, when you give them a subpoena from a grand jury, that enables them to peep to keep all of this information under wraps, because a uh, a grand jury's, um, processes, deliberations are secret. This was the FBI trying to put a blanket over this information. The only problem was they didn't count on the repair shop owner had made copies of the hard drive. And after a year when the F, well, almost a year when the FBI never acted on this information, he took it to, uh, Rudy Giuliani's attorney Because he knew that uh, Rudy Giuliani was a former prosecutor who would not sit on this. So everybody that's uh, trying to smear the repair shop owner needs to consider that if, in fact, this guy was spreading Russian disinformation, if he was a Kremlin stooge, don't you think the FBI would have arrested him by now? Now there's no uh, there's no legitimate response to this. We got this debate coming up Thursday and uh, Kristen Wilker is going to be on there doing her very best to keep this from being a topic. Joe Biden will probably launch into a defense of his uh his son that died of brain cancer, Beau Biden. And once again repeat the lie that I knew nothing about Hunter Biden's businesses. I knew nothing about Hunter Biden's email that says that he had to split his salary with me and pay for the entire expenses of the rest of the Biden family from what the the half that he had left. Man, oh man. We're going to run out to a break and when we come back, we'll talk, uh, we'll do preview the uh, upcoming debate on Thursday night a little bit. We'll talk about the Barrington mandate and the, uh, the push to end the lockdowns. And we'll take a look at this crazy Black Lives Matter guy that was hanging from a high-rise right after these messages on Right Now with Jim Dawes.
3: This episode is sponsored by Schwans.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question.
1: And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five-O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. So the Presidential Debate Commission, which is made up of, um, you know, rabid Democrats and establishment swamp creature Republicans who are without exception opposed to Donald Trump, announced the moderator for the uh, third. It's, it's actually the second. It's supposed to be the third and final presidential debate coming up this Thursday evening. And it's none other than NBC News' Christian Wilker. Surprise, surprise. First of all, I don't know why uh, Donald Trump would even agree to a debate uh, hosted by NBC. NBC has been so dishonest and so over the top in their coverage of his presidency that he knows that he's going to go in there and uh and face another um you know two on one debate where he's trying to you know get some answers out of sleepy Joe Biden and every time Joe Biden is unable to come up with an answer, Christian Wilkins will insert herself an in answer for Joe Biden. <sighs> But, you know, uh, Trump's a warrior, and he's going to go into the lion's lion's den and uh, hopefully come out alive and, and victorious. But Kristen Wilker, of course, anybody familiar with the White House press conferences, has seen her, uh, you know, trying to compete with Jim Acosta and April Ryan and Brian Kareem, you know, to be an unhinged uh, Trump hater she's done it in a little bit more uh skillful manner than those uh, those three but nevertheless you know she has she has uh followed her marching orders from NBC and uh, and done everything she could to try to smear this president and his administration and if you want to see uh what trump can expect out of christian Wilker, she was allowed to pick the topics for this debate. And first and foremost, he's going to talk about fighting COVID-19. Now fighting COVID-19 was one of the big topics that Chris Wallace already went over. So don't we want to plow some new ground? No, we want to talk about COVID-19 because that is the pandemic where they have really engineered, uh, as many narratives, As possible to claim that the Trump administration is incompetent and, uh, a a danger to America. She's also going to talk about race in America. Well, here we go again with the race. You can bet on it. They're going to demand that Donald Trump once again, denounce white supremacy. And once his, uh, his answer is given, they'll claim that it wasn't sufficient, that he didn't do it fast enough, that he didn't do it loud enough, that he, he, he wasn't. Emphatic enough. And he is really a crypto Nazi. Now they won't ask Joe Biden. To condemn the black lives matter organization or Antifa. They won't ask Joe Biden to disavow his endorsement from the communist party USA. There's a communist party in America. Still they're headquartered of course, in Barack Obama's Chicago That's why he left Hawaii and went to Chicago is because his mentor and real father, Frank Marshall Davis sent him there to ensconce himself in the, the, uh, communist movement. They won't ask Joe Biden to disavow that endorsement. Kristen Walker has also chosen climate change because this will give Joe Biden an opportunity to to declare that Donald Trump is going to destroy the world. So it's going to be up to Donald Trump to, to try to pivot on these issues and try to uh, get to the topic of Joe Biden's demonstrated corruption over his 47-year-long career in Washington, D.C. The same corruption that allowed a guy that was on a government salary of approximately $150,000 for his entire working career to buy one of the biggest mansions in Delaware, and beach houses, and mansions in D.C. I think he actually rents the one in D.C. Maybe Trump will be able to ask him, uh, did, did Hunter Biden buy any of those properties for you? Is Hunter Biden really sharing half of his ill-gotten gains with you? But you notice uh, the, uh, glaringly missing from Kristen Wilker's topics are the subject of inter- immigration that was the main topic that got Donald Trump elected in 2016. And the, the difference between Donald Trump's policies on immigration could not be more stark with Joe Biden. That would be a topic that you would really want to hear. They won't talk about the wall and whether, uh, you know, Joe Biden intends to decriminalize uh, border crossing and give a taxpayer funded health insurance to all illegal aliens in this country, a, a policy that he has declared and that will absolutely destroy health care insurance for Americans and especially older and poor Americans. She won't ask about the trade deals that Joe Biden authored and promoted that destroyed hundreds of thousands of Americans, factories, and millions and millions of American jobs. That's not on the, the, the topic list. We're going to talk about COVID, where Kristen Wilker can blame Donald Trump for these 210,000 uh, deaths that are wildly inflated. Race in America, they'll, uh, they'll accuse him of being a Nazi. Climate change, they'll accuse him of destroying the world. The topics are, uh, are strictly chosen to play into Joe Biden, so Kristen Wilker can do like George Stephanopoulos did last week and give Joe Biden a big, long, wet kiss. Here is Kristen Wilker announcing her topics on the Today Show.
0: By the way, President Trump and Vice President Biden will face off in their final debate this Thursday. You may have heard about it. It's being moderated by this young lady. It's Friday. uh, Excuse me. On Friday, the Commission on Presidential Debates released the final topics that the ones that you picked.
3: Yes, indeed. And here they are, Peter, fighting COVID-19, American families, race in America, climate change, national security.
1: So Joe Biden's hunkered down in his basement. He says he's preparing for the next debate. A guy that's been in Washington 47 years and was eight years as vice president of the United States, shouldn't he already be prepared to address these topics that are so central to his campaign? No, what he's what he's doing right now, of course, is avoiding the media because some of these, these local uh, reporters are not on with the program and they're having the nerve to ask him about Hunter Biden's emails they've got video of him actually running away. <laughs> He's coming out of some ice cream shop with a a cone. And uh, one of the national reporters asked him what flavor he got. And then a local reporter asked him, well, what about these, uh, this Hunter Biden laptop that the FBI took possession of? And he t- spins on his heel and runs away, returns to his basement and calls a lid until Thursday night. This is a guy that's running for president of the United States. He's going to take a week, nearly, well, yeah, nearly a week off. Two weeks out from election day. How do you think he's going to handle all of the pressures and that come, you know, with being president of the United States? If he can't, he can't multitask any better than that. If he doesn't have any more energy. So I want to talk about this Barrington mandate. Uh, finally, a lot of the the major epidemiologists that uh, have been ignored are, are are trying to bring some sanity to uh, to the the scientists on the government payroll, deeply ensconced and embedded Democrats. All here is Fauci on with. Uh, With George Stephanopoulos, the aforementioned George Stephanopoulos, saying that herd immunity is a mass murder. Talk
2: about herd immunity. The White House has embraced this so-called Great Barrington Declaration, which talks about herd immunity. I want to show everybody part of the declaration. It says that it go- talks against lockdowns and then goes on to say the most compassionate approach that balances the risks and benefits of reaching herd immunity is to allow those who are at minimal risk of death to live their lives normally to build up immunity to the virus through natural infection while better protecting those who are at highest risk. We call this focused protection. What do you think of focused protection? Mm-hmm. You
0: know, George, that declaration has a couple of things in it that I think are fooling people because it says things that are like apple pie and motherhood. A, we don't want to shut down the country. I say that all the time. B, we do certainly want to protect the vulnerable. However, hidden in there is the implication that if you, in fact, let people get infected and worry about essentially protecting the vulnerable, there's about 30% of the population has underlying
1: conditions that make them more susceptible to... And the great, uh, the great Barrington Declaration includes those people with underlying conditions in the vulnerable population that must be protected. We've got to pay attention to the scientists unless the scientists disagree with the the great Fauci, the great and mighty Fauci. Truth of the matter is, each and every one of these scientists that wrote the Barrington Agreement, of which 35,000 epidemiologists have now signed on, all have more impressive credentials than Fauci. Fauci is uh, a government bureaucrat. He hasn't been doing actual science. He's been... You know, he's not in a lab coat in a lab somewhere. He is, a, you know, a bureaucrat. He runs these agencies. And this declaration, Great Barrington Declaration, is uh, saying common sense, something that uh, has been uh, basically uh, thrown in the gutter for the last eight months, just common sense, using the characteristics of the virus in order to, uh, to get as much immunity in the population as possible. Here's a fellow named Martin Kulldorff. I think he's a epidemiologist from Harvard University. Describing the Great Barrington Declaration.
4: Uh, well, thank you for having us. Uh, one of the basic principles of public health is that you cannot look only at one disease. You have to look at public health very broadly. and. Um, The strategy we have used for COVID-19 has not been good good for COVID-19, but it's also generated enormous collateral damage on other public health. Uh, Less uh, plummeting vaccination rates, less cancer screening, worse outcomes from cardiovascular diseases and mental health problems and so on. So we think it's important to uh, present an alternative way to... uh, approach uh, COVID-19, and this is nothing uh, revolutionary because this is things that people have been saying since the very beginning uh, back in March, but it's often been dismissed. So we were thinking coming together, three uh, scientists from reasonably respectable universities to sign a declaration urging the world to look into a different approach uh, might have a good effect. So, we- I mean... <laughs>
1: I'm no epidemiologist. I could see very early on once they announced that, um, uh, that healthy younger people, when I say younger people, I'm talking about 65 and below, uh, the, the actual death rate from seasonal flu is worse than COVID that, uh, that, that what you do is you protect the vulnerable, including the elderly, and you let everybody else develop the herd immunity that will protect ultimately the vulnerable populations. It seemed self-evident, but it didn't fit in with the pandemic, so Dr. Fauci has been out there doing his best impersonation of Chicken Little for the last eight months. Here is Dr. Sunutra Gupta, another one of these three authors of the Barrington Declaration.
4: Okay. Our intention of, of putting on the table an alternative strategy for dealing with the current crisis which protects the vulnerable but at the same time allows us to minimize the damage done particularly to the young and the disadvantaged sectors of our population. And that strategy essentially consists of shielding the vulnerable or investing quite seriously in finding ways to protect the vulnerable.
1: What this whole thing has been about, these lockdowns and these masks and everything, is dragging out this pandemic, this plandemic, as long as possible. So that they can use it to one implement their their new world order. They're calling it the Great Reset. The World Economic Forum uh, is trying to uh, to use the pandemic now, a pandemic that they had a big hand in. They're trying to use it to go ahead and implement the same strategies that they've had for a long time, and that is basically to have a new world order with them and their. Uh, they economic elite sitting at the top using the new powers of big data and, uh, and technology to track and monitor the rest of society so that uh, we don't get out of, uh, out of line the same kind of things that we're currently seeing now on social media and in big media. The big corporations own now the national media. The national media is no longer an independent journalistic operation. Now it is a public relations arm of the new world order, the Great Reset, they now call it. You can see the lunacy behind all of this when uh, you know one member of a college football team gets sick and they cancel the game. Uh, I don't. I misspoke. He didn't get sick. They just test positive. These are young, very healthy college athletes. There's no danger to them. The, the danger to them is so minuscule as to be insignificant. They're shutting down entire colleges. We know how to treat this. We now have therapeutics that are much more effective than, than uh, when the virus first emerged. So even if, a tiny, tiny popula- uh, a portion of the population gets ill. Most of them will be successfully treated just like the president of the United States and returned uh, to, uh, to their lives in just a few days. Going to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back.
3: This episode is sponsored by Schwans.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question.
1: <laughs> Did you see this uh this episode in Chicago over the weekend where this uh, Black Lives Matter Hello. he's a he's an Asian Black Lives Matter um adherent acolyte supporter he's hanging from the side of a 16 story Trump Tower building in Chicago Here's what it sounded like
5: Hello everyone I'm a member of Black Lives Matter, and I want to talk with Mr. Trump before the election. I don't want to die. If someone will try to pull this rope, I will jump and die. I have a knife. If someone will try to pull, I will cut it, and I will probably die. But I don't want to die. Oh,
1: you'll definitely die.
5: And I don't want the world to be end if... Mr. Trump, he promised something he should to do before the election. And I end why I'm here. I'm here in Chicago.
1: You're here because you're a nut.
5: Chicago is one of the most liberal city in the world. And I really respect people who live here. Why? Because when was the pandemic, everyone was sick. I know how hot was working our mayor?
1: <laughs> I don't know if Donald Trump ever responded to that. I, I don't guess you can. Because uh, you'll e- immediately end up with a bunch of other Black Lives Matter Antifa idiots hanging from the sides of buildings. <laughs> he's, uh, you know, he's suffering from the same mental illness that so many of these uh, these people are. You know, last week during the Amy Coney, Coney Barrett confirmation hearings this uh this storyline emerged that um amy coney barrett is a believer in originalism in cons- uh, in strict construction of the constitution and therefore her judicial philosophy was unfit to deal with the modern challenges that we face dick durbin kept citing gun control Oh our founders wrote the second amendment because uh, you know they they can only imagine muzzle loaded muskets and flintlocks, and uh, you know you had these talking heads on CNN and MSNBC saying, "Oh well, if she's, if she construed the Constitution strictly, you know, uh, uh, women wouldn't have the right to vote, and blacks would still be enslaved." And I don't know if this is a purposeful dishonesty or just rank ignorance on the part of the media. Here's Christian Anamanpour with a guest laying out this argument.
3: Originalism is a method of constitutional interpretation. It's a toolbox. It was probably most famously embodied by Justice Antonin Scalia. That's Amy Coney Barrett's mentor. She clerked for him. And I think there's different flavors of it, but the flavor that Judge Barrett uh, says she subscribes to is this notion that when you look at either a constitutional provision or a statutory provision... You go back and you try to figure out what was the original public meaning. That-
1: exactly right. That's exactly right. You want to know what the lawmakers intended because the lawmakers are accountable to the American people. The American people make the laws. The judiciary uh, enforces the laws. But this whole notion, of course, uh, uh, on originalism and textualism that the Constitution's unfit for modern challenges ignores entirely the fact that our founders allowed for a process to amend the Constitution so that it could respond to new challenges that were unforeseen when the original document was written. So when Amy Coney Barrett says that I'm a strict constitutionalist and a textualist, she's not saying the way that the, The authors wrote it out on parchment in 1776. She's talking about all of the amendments that have been ratified by the states as well. And if the Democrats feel so strongly that the founders screwed up by allowing us to keep and bear arms, they have a legitimate recourse for that provided by the founders, and that is to take it to the people. See if you can pass a constitutional amendment limiting... The gun rights of American citizens. I don't think they would fail on that quite spectacularly, and that is, of course, why they want the 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 uh, Supreme Court to enforce what they want. The new generation of uh, of Democrats, of course, wants to continue this. It works so well for the uh, uh, the Democrat establishment. Here's Pete Buddygig talking about the gamey uh, Coney Barrett's judicial philosophy.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, uh, uh, this is what nominees do. They they, they write the, the most seemingly unobjectionable, dry stuff. But really what I see in there is judicial, uh, a pathway to judicial activism cloaked in judicial humility. Uh, at the end of the day. Rights in this country have been expanded because courts have understood uh, what the true meaning of the letter of the law and and the spirit of the Constitution is. And that is not about time traveling yourself back to the 18th century uh, and subjecting yourself to the same prejudices and limitations uh, as the people who write these words. The Constitution is a living document because the English language is a living language.
1: It's a living language, and we can change the language and engage in linguistic gymnastics in order to implement the far-left agenda. That's what they want in a Supreme Court justice. It's not what they're going to get, of course, in Amy, Amy Coney Barrett, and it's driving them nuts because there's nothing they can do to stop it. If everything remains on track, the Democrats are going to refuse. They're going to boycott the, uh, the vote at the Judiciary Committee and try to deny a quorum. So they'll have to go through some procedural motions to allow them to proceed. And they're going to do the same thing on the floor of the Senate as well. So let's uh, let's do some miscellaneous coverage of Joe Biden's corruption. Here's Steve Cortez. Responding to the revelations in the, uh, the New York Post story. He has strenuously denied this uh, many, many times. And we
0: now know that he lied. He blatantly lied to the American people because he was fully aware. And, and that's really important here. It's not just that he has a wayward son, Hunter Biden, who's influence peddling all over the world, um, and Joe Biden was unaware. No, the sitting vice president knew about all of this. We know that both from Senator Johnson's Homeland Security Committee report as well as from these bombshell revelations from The New York Post. Maria, what's becoming increasingly obvious to the American people is that the Biden family is a crime family. And That is the reality. And this is far more nefarious than just your standard grift, because this grift involves the two most dangerous adversaries of the United States, Russia and China. There are two nations in the world that have ICBM nuclear missiles targeted at American cities Beijing and Moscow. Both of them were funneling literally millions of dollars to Hunter Biden while his father was the sitting vice president, and his father had full awareness of it.
1: Right now, Hunter Biden hunkered down being totally unmolested by having to answer any of these questions. It's collecting uh, about $20 million a year in fees on this $1.5 billion Chinese investment that he got for a startup venture capital firm. <laughs> uh, it's so stunning, the, the depth of this. So I want to play a, a clip. Uh, while we still have time, this is Rudy Giuliani talking about exactly how the Biden crime, crime family works as revealed in um, in these emails. Wait, this is not the clip I want to play. Where is it? Here we go. Told the FBI agent he was afraid. He was afraid of consequences. From so the he fight. didn't.
5: This 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 man. He didn't give you guys the copy of the hard drive and pass over the actual hard drive to the FBI. No, he to gave the FBI first. Okay. And he waited four or five months. Why do you think he held on to it? Well, he held on to four. He held on to forged copies of it. He gave
0: two to friends of his in case he was killed. Huh. And he was. And, he, and don't laugh. People. It's people
1: serious? Get, yeah. This, this, the presidency is at stake here,
5: and we have some very dangerous people involved. Sure. Welcome back, daily caller.
1: That is not the clip I was looking for. Here is how the Biden crime family works.
0: But Twitter and Facebook are saying that they're banning this information, calling it a distribution of hacked materials. But in the report, he felt that the things that
2: were being said about the president and me were very unfair, that they were untrue, and that we were being
1: unfairly attacked. And he wanted us to have this. He also thought it displayed numerous crimes. Got a little ragged there toward the end of this show. Basically, the way it works is uh, Hunter Biden takes in all the graft and corruption. He splits half of it with pop, and he uses his half to pay for all of the expenses of the Biden crime family. Whether or not this is going to enter into the American consciousness before the election is still a question, but we'll do our part, and I hope you'll join us again right here tomorrow on Right Now with Jim Dawes and the Mojo 5 Radio Network. We'll talk to you then.
3: Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Whether you're moving in together for the first time. This can be your closet. Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva paper towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva towels. Visit vivaTals.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home.